we want to continue our focus on our core values. Our core value uh, is the presence of God. We have a high value for God's presence. We believe that God is tangible, that you can experience his presence. You don't necessarily need to feel him with your natural uh, uh, things, but even by faith, we just know that he is with us and, uh, and that we are temples of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God dwells within you. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote. And so we have a high presence for his presence. Now, church isn't a building. Church isn't uh, four walls. Church is a body of believers who celebrate Jesus and who follow him. Um, but even within that context, as we worship together, we believe that his presence can fill this place, that his presence can actually change things, and, um, and you can encounter him to be an encounter. Uh, another one of our core values is prayer, which we are on our topic right now. We've just been doing it for the past few weeks, and I just feel like throughout the church, actually some of my friends, I was listening to some of their uh, messages just because I, I love to encourage them and to be encouraged by them, and you know, pastors need to eat too, you know, and so, um, and it was just, it's so funny to me how um, they, I haven't talked to them about it, I haven't communicated what we've been doing, but they've been focused on prayer. And I believe that this is actually not because we just all have great ideas, I believe that we listen to the same spirit. And God is actually speaking to the church right now about how prayer is so important. I think that he wants to strengthen us in this area and uh, strengthen our legs, make sure that we actually have the power uh, that God's given us with the ability to communicate with him and to listen from him. Remember, prayer is not just a one-way communication. It's actually sending and receiving. It's talking, it's communicating to him, but also being able to be quiet and to hear his voice and be able to, re and, and to, be able to journal with him and, 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 and talk to him. You know, Ian e. Bounds, a uh, wonderful man of God, uh, he, he has this quote, he says, and if prayer moves God to work in this world's affairs, then prayerlessness excludes God from everything concerning men and leaves men on earth the mere creature of circumstances at the mercy of blind fate or without help of any kind from God. See, we don't realize this, but when we do not involve God in our prayer life, subconsciously we're actually saying we don't need you. We don't need you in this situation in our lives. When we don't talk to the Lord about uh, our family, we're actually telling the Lord, Lord, we don't need your in intervention in this area. We don't need your help in this area. We've got it. When we don't pray to God about our financial circumstances, when we don't tell him uh, uh, the, the resources that we need and, and, and the things that, that we would like wisdom for, then we're actually saying we're smart enough. We don't need any outside help. We're actually self-sustainable, which is not the way we were created. And so we don't realize this, but sometimes we think, oh, we don't wanna bother God with those petty little things. But the reality is, is we're actually saying we don't need God when we're not talking to him about these areas of our life. And so it's really important that we bring every area of God into our life. And I just got back from Brazil. I had an amazing time. Um, God moved powerfully. Um, two people that, that we know of um, got reports back that they, uh, two uh, different women, uh, stage four breast cancer, both got healed in one of our services, which is just a miraculous thing. Not, not I didn't even pray for one of them. God just touched her. And uh, I was so celebration, you know, just had so much celebration about that. Like, Jesus, you're so good. And, 
and everyone was, uh, and, and the funny thing about this, uh, this, this scene is uh, we were at this church and uh, I had got done ministering, I was praying for people, and the pastor pulls me aside, his name's Paolo Mazzoni, he's an Italian-Brazilian. I was like, we're probably related, we're probably like cousins somewhere, and, uh, and he, he uh, yeah, so he, he, he said, you know, Paul, I'm watching this couple that I know, and, uh, and he knew what they were going through, but he said it was very odd what they were doing. She, you know, she, her, her breast cancer her, uh, was so significant um, that she was, you know, uh, it, it had instantly disappeared uh, during the service. God just touched her by, no one prayed for her, just touched her. And she is in disbelief. She's feeling her chest, and, and her husband is in disbelief, and he's feeling it. And so, so the pastor goes over and goes, hey, what's going on over here? And uh, we need to, you know, uh, be a little bit more modest here. And, uh, uh, but, you know, when God heals you of something like that, you don't care what anyone thinks. You just don't care. And, um, and so uh, they, they just talked about how, you know, this heat came on her, and um, she just felt this uh, touch from the Lord, and then um, she went to feel, and it was gone. Um, just an amazing, now, does that happen every time? No, but you know what? The more we pray, the more it happens. And, um, and so I, I was thinking, man, how awesome was that? And, and the Lord said, Paul, you know, so often we, we focus on the result and the answer of prayer, but we don't know and think about the dark night of the soul. You know, how many times did she knock? How many times did she ask God? You know, there's, there's oftentimes a desert before the promised land. And, and here, you know, this woman didn't just pray that one time and she got healed, but, but I'm sure she had many, many experiences where she was pressing in before God, maybe uh, having desperation, maybe feeling anxious, uh, in despair, and, and had a dark night of the soul where she was pushing in for more because she was desperate for God to touch her. And I'm sure her family and her husband was just, just as much with her and, 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 and asking God to plead. Have you ever had a dark night of the soul where you just, you're in a bad place, a, a dark place, and you, you know you need God and you're just crying out to him? Have you ever had that? Or have you guys been like amazing, you know, great? All right, half of you, that's amazing. All right, um, I wanna live your life, the other half. Um, but, but this is, you know, a part of, of, of our walk, you know, we have circumstances, we have things that are just going to happen in our life. And when we bring God into those moments, now we are no longer alone, but he is with us. He's with us to walk us through those moments. And so uh, today I'll, I wanted to talk about answered prayer and I'll, I'll get to that later. But uh, I mean, but the Lord kind of switched it and said, no, I want you to talk about the pressing in moment the dark night of the soul moments. And um, now listen, in God's infinite wisdom, some things we do not understand and there is mystery. Why are some prayers answered and some prayers not? There's different opinions about that, but really the result is we don't know. I kind of question ministers who feel like they know the answer to everything. Like, there's a mystery in all this. And so, and so, you know, sometimes there's, there's that unanswered prayer. And so for, I trust God in his infinite wisdom for some reason beyond my comprehension. He knows things, all things from beginning to end. And for some reason, he, and he also knows that, you know, we don't always ask for the right things. So he doesn't answer 
because we're asking for wrong things, but, um, but I do believe that um, there's these pressing in moments. You know, we, Jesus says, knock and keep on knocking, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, and you will find, and the door will be open, and, and you will receive. And so too often, I've talked about this before, we knock once, and then we're like, hmm, I guess he's not around. When Jesus actually in, uh, uh, impressed upon us to keep knocking, God, I need you, God, God, I need that breakthrough in my life, God. You know, I, look, I think about Acts, uh, Acts 12, you know, we, we know that Acts 2, there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't read Acts 2, I would, re- I would encourage you to go and read Acts 2. It's a great story. But, um, you know, the, 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 the um, disciples were gathered together, 120 of them, waiting on the Holy Spirit, but not just waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They were actually praying together in one accord, pressing in. And there was a lot of emotions, I'm sure, that was going on during that Acts 2 moment where, where, where you know, they felt desperate, they felt anxious, they're not sure what's going to happen, the persecution is about to you know, be really hard now, and they need uh, an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And they have no idea how it's supposed to come and what it's supposed to look like, and so they're in this place together in one accord, pressing in. And so oftentimes in Pentecost, we focus on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but we forget that they prayed together for 10 days straight. 10 days. How do you, how do you think, you know, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes, you know, when you're invited to an all-night prayer meeting, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> doesn't, sound, doesn't sound like invigorating, you know? It sounds like... Uh, I don't know, how many hours? I can do two, three, four, 24 hours. Uh, I, I gotta sleep, I gotta eat, you know? I mean, there's, you know, uh, I got things to do. I, I just can't imagine 10 days together they prayed. Sometimes we want this breakthrough and we give God an hour. We give God five minutes. We give him that 20 minute car ride to work or whatever when our example, the actual thing that we need to follow in God's word is they were together for 10 days. And I don't think that 10 days is significant in the sense that we need to do that for 10 days, but I I do think the example of constant prayer and constant pressing in is important for our breakthrough. It is important to push through the dark night of the soul One of our texts this morning I want to read from is Acts 12, 1 through 17. 17 scriptures, 17 verses, buckle up. We try not to just do one verse in a poem at this church. You don't want me to sing, that's for sure. So I'll let you get to this. So it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. It's in the New Testament. It's spelled A-C-T-S, not A-X-E. Or A-S-K-S. All right. Let's read. About the time, about that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. 
And when he saw that it it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. And this was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. I want you to listen to that. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. And now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. Basically, there was no hope for Peter to escape. There's no plan that would have botched this. When they put guards between, uh, on either side of you and at the doors, um, and you're in chains, uh, there's nothing besides a radical, violent coup that would actually be able to free Peter. And so anything in the natural, would, you would think, would be impossible. And I, and I, and I love um, this next moment. It says this, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light uh, and woke him, saying, Get up quickly, and chains fell off his hands. And, and, and the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. So, and he did so. Now some, some, some translations say, And he struck him. Like, woke him by striking him. Strike doesn't mean poke. It means like, <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> I don't know. It's just my weird mind, you know, I just think, I bet you that angel had a little fun. (laughs) He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly, and the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And so he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And he did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision because he was probably concussed. Um, (laughs) Just in a daze. I'm just kidding. All right. And when they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city, and it opened for them on its own accord, and they went out along one street, and immediately the angel left him. Man, you know, this angelic encounter is pretty significant. It's, it's amazing. You know, I why does God use angels? I don't know. But he's chosen to do so. You think he's God. Can't he just wake Peter up on his own? Can't he just make those chains fall off? Can't he just float Peter somewhere? You know, why does he use angels? Well, we we know that he made angels as messengers of God to be on assignment for the Lord. And, you know, angels didn't just stop because we got the Bible now. Angels are still present. Demons are still present. Now, they don't always uh, manifest in, in this way. Sometimes they do. And, and when there's really desperate situations, like we have many reports of people in Islamic uh, Muslim countries who are getting radically saved or uh, angels been saving them from different areas. My, my, my brothers have uh, two uh, incredible stories. One was uh, my brother Guy, his name's Guy, uh, he's Italian, his, you know, his full name was Gaetano. Uh, but anyway, uh, he, we grew up in Philadelphia, and he went to um, a Father Judge, was a, a private high school, and there was a competing public high school called Lincoln High, 
And, um, you know, Philadelphia is a rough neighborhood, and um, uh, they, the, the schools were in constant competition, and my brother was wearing a Father Judge, like, letter outfit. Uh, he was a wrestler, and, my, um, and his, his buddy, who was in track, uh, they were walking on a Sunday afternoon in uh, Philly area, uh, Northeast Philly, and, um, and these kids from Lincoln High said, you know, like, hey, guys, we're going to kill you. And, and, and it was just kind of like a gang, kind of a group of gang uh, kids. And, and so they're running after my brother and his friend and my, fr- and his brother, my, fr- my brother's friends in track. So he just psh, took off. And my brother is much like me. Him running is like a rock being pulled by a rope. It's just there's no momentum. It's just. And so my brother's trying to run as fast as he can, and he gets to this strip mall, and it's Sunday back in the uh, 80s, uh, late 80s, and he's trying to get uh, into one of the stores because he's looking for safety, and they're all closed. It's Sunday. And so these kids catch up to him, and while he's pulling on the door, grab him by his shirt, pull him down, and they pull out a hammer to beat him. And I told you, it's a rough neighborhood. And, um, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this car pulls up, this convertible car pulls up, starts honking the horn and telling the kids to get out of there. And all of a sudden, the kids get spooked and they leave. And my brother gets up to go thank this guy and he's disappeared. Was it an angel? I don't know, but sounds like it to me. And so I, I think, you know, more than, than not, we have these experiences. Sometimes the Bible says we talk to angels unaware. Entertaining angels unaware. Have you ever, I'm just polling the, the crowd here, and there's no, you're not better than anyone if you had this experience, but do you think that, um, or may, maybe have a situation where you feel like you've encountered an angel, and you didn't, you know, just looking back on it, you're like, whoa, I think that was an angel. That's amazing, amazing, yeah, yeah. So, so here, Peter has this visitation with this angel and the angel disappears because his mission was done and says that um, now when Peter came in verse 11 now when Peter came to himself he said now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people uh, and all that the Jewish people were expecting and when he realized this he went to the house of Mary the mother of John whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer, recognizing Peter's voice in her joy. She did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. This is a funny story. I mean, here, they are, the church is very small at this point. I mean, there's a group of people that are together that are pressing in. They're, they're, they're praying in the church service. They're, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're scared. They're anxious. They're probably crying. They're probably not just crying. They're probably ugly crying. How many know what ugly crying is? Have you ever, like, you know, like, ooh, you know, like, like Robert De Niro face crying. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that's how you do, you do an impersonation of Robert De Niro. You look like you're crying, and, and then you, I don't know. Anyway, that's just my opinion. But, you know, they're, they're in this, this place begging for sight. Like, God, I don't know how you would ever do this, but God, would you please rescue Peter? James has already been murdered. God, would you rescue Peter, the leader of our church? God, would you, would you intervene in this way? God, there, there was a pressing moment that night. 
where they were gathered together, one accord, doing what they were taught in the first place, to come together and pray. Now I want you to know something, when you're going through a dark night of the soul, you're not alone because God is with you, but even uh, uh, just as in, uh, or maybe not just as, but even something so significant is that you should not be alone. There's some times where you can't even pray for yourself. You need your brothers and sisters. You need to call on one another and go, hey, I'm going through it. Can you just stand in for me? I, I don't even have faith for this right now. But I need you, I need you to stand in faith with me. Help me. Be a Barnabas to someone, be an encourager to someone. Let, build community in that way. If you, if you don't have three or four or five people that you can think of right now that you could call on and say, would you help me in this time? Would you pray with me? I need breakthrough in my job. I need breakthrough in my finances. I need breakthrough in my relationships. Would you help me? If you can't think of four to five people right now, I want you to challenge yourself and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, would you bring people into my life? Would you draw people around me who celebrate me, who celebrate the call on my life, who can stand with me? God, I need that. Because it's important. I'm tired of, of going through dark nights of the soul alone. It's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be through a gathering of people who love you and are pressing in. And so these people are in a desperate place asking, God, I know there's, this, there's possible, but I, I can't even imagine it. And here Peter comes and is knocking at the door and she's so excited because she hears what they're pressing in for that she leaves him out out there. I mean, this man escaped from prison. He's, he's, uh, this, this house is, uh, uh, many theologians believe it was very close to the temple uh, around other uh, high uh, religious uh, Jews who would have uh, seen Peter and would have reported him uh, escaping. And so this is like, he's trying to be discreet, but he's not allowed to be because this, this girl uh, leaves him outside. God bless her. As they say in the South, bless her heart. Um, and they said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed by motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought them out of the prison. And he said to, uh, to tell these things to James and to the brothers, and then he departed and went to another place. Peter was an answer to prayer. His freedom was an answer to prayer and how celebratory that was. But let's not just focus on that. Let's also focus on what they had to do to get there. And so I wanna encourage you today that even when you're in that dark night of the soul, even when you're in that time where you're like, man, I, I just, I feel lost. I feel like uh, I don't know what to do next. Um, or maybe you're praying to God and you just feel like there's no power in your prayer, that it's just, you feel alone. I just want you to know that God is actually with you and he's hearing what you're praying and he's moving behind the scenes. The church, while they were praying, they had no idea what God was doing and what he was up to. But the church was still moving behind, but, but God was still moving behind the scenes. He was making what needed to happen, happen. 
without them even knowing it. And I just wanna submit this to you, that while you're praying, even though you might not see the physical result in the moment, God is moving behind the scenes. He's doing things that you cannot even expect, and he's uh, changing hearts, he's changing minds, he's aligning things up that need to be lined up before your answer comes. And so I don't want you to go by results, I want you to go by faith. I want you to continue to move in prayer knowing that God in some way is moving on your behalf. And it, the answer might not be exactly how you imagined it, but thank God, because he will give it, he actually does it so much better than how we could ever imagine it. And so I wanna invite you to stand this morning. We're gonna go back into prayer and worship. We're doing things a little different, just a couple uh, songs and, and announcements and, I mean, communion and, and some, some ministry time. But I wanna just give you this opportunity to press in. Pentecost happened over 2,000 years ago. But the Holy Spirit is not done. He didn't just come once and left us to, for ourselves. He's come to manifest himself more and more to us as we press in for him. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this room right now. Anyone moving through a dark night of the soul, anyone going through a struggle that they just cannot really comprehend that they cannot even uh, grasp their mind around, but they're, they're just in a place of, of darkness, in a place of hurt, in a place of, 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 of you know, confusion. Lord, I pray that you, they would actually feel your presence right now, that, they would, that you would inspire faith in their hearts, God. Father, that you would bring together people around us who would celebrate the call on our life, who would celebrate uh, uh, who we are, and Father, that you would help us come together as a church in unity to pray, to pray for one another, to reach out to one another. Because Lord, we know that prayer is powerful and that you hear our prayers in God, I just pray and I, and I thank you in advance. I thank you in advance for moving behind the scenes. As Daniel was praying, you sent an angel, but the angel talked about being held up in the heavenlies. Lord, we have no idea what is happening in the spiritual realm and what's happening behind the scenes. But Lord, we know that you are good, that you are faithful, that you love your children. You've not left us as orphans, but we are sons and daughters of you. And so God, we just welcome you right now to move in this room. Give us a passion. Give us a passion for your glory. Give us a passion for who you are. Give us a passion to see change and breakthrough. And just like the church in Acts, may we come together in one accord, in one mind, pressing in for your move. Lord, I pray that your peace would just come right now to every heart, that the peace of God would guard their heart and minds in Christ Jesus, that your peace would be, uh, uh, the gospel of peace would be on their feet. We just ban confusion right now in Jesus' name. We ban chaos right now in Jesus' name. I break the hook of trauma in Jesus' name that brings people back to moments of, of trauma. I just break that hook right now and we speak healing in Jesus' name. We speak breakthrough right now in Jesus' name. God, the testimonies of Brazil, may they happen in this church. God, we just welcome that. You're not different in Brazil than you are here, God. We just, we just wanna keep in alignment with you. 
So God, we just invite you to come and move. I wanna invite um, Greg up here and my wife. Yeah, your wife. Yeah. You did. Paul didn't know we were gonna do this. No, I didn't. So just relax. Okay. okay. Paul is going to, you need to stay up here. Oh, okay. he's, he's going up to uh, Signs, Wonders, and Church Growth Conference. In fact, he's literally leaving now. Yeah. And my, so uh, my flight got changed yeah. from like two to now. So, yeah. So we're going to pray for him before he goes. All right. And I'll be back this week. So yeah. I'm not, I'll, I'll preach you next week. I promise. I promise. Father, we thank you for Paul. Yes, thank, you. thank you for what he carries. He is taking something to the conference with him and we bless it in Jesus thank name. You, Lord. We ask that he would be moving in Holy Spirit, that you would give him appointments. Yes, God. There are things that he has to say and to pray that people there need. And so we're asking that opportunity would happen, yes, Lord. that you would move through him. And then we are asking you, we are hungry for you to grant yes, him God. something to bring back here for yes, us. God. We are longing for signs, wonders, and church growth. Yeah. We want to grow deep, and we want to grow wide. And so we're going to ask you to minister through him yes, God. and to him and bring back everything that you have for us. We are expecting to receive from you because you are so good. Yes, Lord. We bless you. Thank yes, you, Father, in Jesus' name. Bless you. Amen. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, babe. Love you.